This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their compliance counsel, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to Day 26 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Today, mapping of your internal compliance controls. As they made clear in several FCPA enforcement actions from 2016 and 2015, the Securities and Exchange Commission has placed a renewed interest in the accounting provisions of the FCPA, specifically the internal controls provision. I point back to the BHP enforcement action, which really set the standard uh, for this type of internal controls review and enforcement, as there was a $25 million fine, yet there was no evidence that bribes were paid uh, in violation of the FCPA. And it was only poor internal controls that led to that uh, very large fine. Kara Brockmeyer, the chief of the FCPA unit within the SEC, has said that the SEC is committed to protecting investors in U.S. public companies and those which list other securities in the U.S. through enforcement of the accounting provisions, including the internal controls of the FCPA. It would seem like the reason is straightforward. A company with rigorous internal controls is better able to prevent, detect, and remedy any FCPA violation which may occur. Well, what can you do around the FCPA's requirements for internal controls and the current SEC enforcement emphasis on the accounting provisions, including internal controls? I would suggest you begin with an exercise where you map your internal controls that your company currently has in place to the indicia of the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program as set out in the FCPA guidance. While most compliance practitioners are certainly familiar with the 10 hallmarks, you may not be as familiar with the standards for internal controls. Here, I would suggest you begin with the COSO 2013 framework as your starting point. This exercise would give you a good opportunity to meet with the heads of internal audit, finance and accounting, treasury, or other functions in your company which deal with financial controls. Talk with them about the financial controls you may already have in place. An easy example is employee expense reports. Every company where I've ever worked or even heard about requires expenses for reimbursements to be presented in a documented format on some type of expense reimbursement form. This is mandatory for IRS reporting, so all companies perform this action. See how many controls are currently in place. Is the employee who submits the expense reimbursement required to sign it? Does the employee's immediate supervisor review, approve, and sign off on it? 
Does any party in the employee's direct reporting chain review and approve and then sign off on that oversight? Does anyone from accounts payable review and approve both for accuracy and to make sure that all referenced expenses are properly receipted? Is there any other review in accounts payable which occurs? Is there an aggregate review of expense reports? Is there a monetary limit over which additional reviews and approvals occur? Now, if the employee has submitted expenses for activities that occurred outside the U.S., are there any foreign government officials involved? Were those employees identified on expense reimbursement forms? Was the business of the purpose was the business purpose of the expense a meal gift or other hospitality which was recorded? Can you aggregate the money spent on any one foreign official or by any single employee in your expense reporting system? All of these are internal controls that can be mapped to an appropriate prong of the 10 hallmarks or other indicia of an effective compliance program. You can take this exercise through each of the five objectives under the COSO 2013 framework with its 17 principles and, indeed, the 84 points of focus. From this mapping, you can then <clears throat> perform a gap analysis to determine where you might need to implement additional internal controls to take your anti-corruption program up to the next level. This can lead to, uh, obviously, the remedial steps you would need to take. For example, you can recommend procedures be written for all key compliance areas, areas in which there are currently no procedures, and your existing procedures can be updated to include compliance issues and clear definitions around controls which are to be evidenced. Through this, you can move from having de detect, detect controls in place to having prevent controls in place and perhaps even prescriptive controls in place wherever possible. As a chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner, this is an exercise that you can engage in at no cost. You simply investigate and note what internal controls you have in place and how they may be a part of any anti-corruption efforts you have going forward. As I said, the exercise is straightforward. That does not mean it's easy. You have to work with, <clears throat> you have to work at it so that you simply do not have a check-the-box program. But using this exercise even if you have limited resources, is not an excuse not to do something, and indeed it's rather a poor excuse. So from the BHP FCPA enforcement action, indeed up through this month, with the Mondelez enforcement action out of India, where once again there was a internal control violation and attendant SEC, SEC fine where there was no evidence, that a bribe was paid or even offered. It's pretty clear that you're required to have effective internal controls in place. And by engaging in this COSO or this mapping exercise, mapped to the COSO framework, you can figure out what you have in place and, more importantly, what internal controls uh, you don't have in place. The exercise can be accomplished by a uh, relatively easy technique. And if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to have a spreadsheet which maps the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program to the entire COSO framework, including the five objectives, 17 principles, and 84 points of focus, you can email me and I will provide you that at no cost. Uh, but you only get that if you're listening to this podcast and email me. So you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Uh, 
If you're not listening to this podcast, sorry, you don't get the uh, mapping spreadsheet. But it gives you a way to think through your compliance program. It also gives you a way to document what you do and you don't have in place. And obviously, document, document, document is a key component of any effective pl- compliance program. Nevertheless, not knowing what you have in pl- do not have in place can be equally um, problematic for you. So what are the three key takeaways from day 26? Well, first of all, you really need to find out the internal controls you have in place. And this exercise in and of itself is incredibly valuable. Uh, I've previously spoken about internal controls you might have in place that you're simply not aware of because you haven't called them a compliance internal control. And the gifts entertainment reimburse form is certainly one, but there may be others around the contracting process, around approval of expenses, extraordinary expenses. Uh, There may be controls around discounts. There may be controls around payments made to or from third parties. You just may not be aware of them, yet they are part of your compliance program. Second, map your internal compliance internal controls to the COSO framework. That is the framework recognized by the SEC. You will not be sanctioned or even questioned if you use the COSO framework. You've got the five objectives, the 17 principles, and the 84 points of focus. There's lots of information there. It gives you um, a very good gap analysis of what you may not have. But the regulators recognize it. And if you have something there, it leads to key takeaway number three, which is use the gap analysis to remediate. This is what the regulators want to see. They want to see that you've looked at the, your internal controls, you've <clears throat> analyzed what gaps you have in place, and then you're moving towards remediating those gaps. So by doing this mapping exercise, you have in place the information you need to move forward. I can map to this. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day 26, and I hope you'll join me for day 27 of 30 days to a more, to a better compliance program. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>